Hello, guys, and welcome to episode five of the Whips Nation podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and our guest today is Whipsnakes defenseman and two-time PLL champion, Matt Dunn. Matt talks about the impact of having fans in the stands this season, what a PLL video game would look like, and much more. It's going to be a good one, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the video. In three, two, one. Okay, we're live. What's going on, Matt? How are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Thanks for having me on. Of course. So we have Matt Dunn here, two-time PLL champion with the Whip Snakes. Um, What you got going on this morning? This morning, um, so far, I uh, got a workout in, so I've been going to a field twice a week, trying to get like footwork and conditioning ramping back up because now we're you know a month away from camp. Um, Other than that, I'm coaching. at a high school around here and we got a game tomorrow so i have to watch some watch some film for that to get ready and otherwise just trying to plan like the summer is going to be crazy between playing and traveling around for training events and all that so just planning and getting all that organized that's awesome how's your season going good well it's going well um you know i'm i'm happy it's been a weird one because you know every team we're playing conference games and we had to take a 10-day break because we had a COVID exposure and other teams have had to do that too so sometimes the scheduling gets a little chaotic but compared to last year being cut short like we played six games um which is awesome um and i think you know we're starting to catch our stride it's been a weird year in the fact that we had limited preseason prep time so we're trying different guys out but i'm excited with where we're at right now i love the guys they're awesome um and we got a couple more big ones and then playoffs so trying to get hot at the right time and that's that's what it's all about i mean this covid season has got all of us coaches just trying to adapt and try to figure out you know how to work with our athletes um how to deal with you know covid exposures and deal with limited personnel um has it made you you know grow as a coach what have you learned this season yeah, you know, and this is honestly, this would be my second year, you know, being an official like on staff high school coach. Um, and last year was basically cut short with COVID. So for the amount of time I spent around the game and working individual training and all that, this is the first full season I've, I've kind of coached at a, a varsity, you know, level. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of taught me like, I'm used to, I had the mindset of like teaching things from a college perspective, because that's how I remember right. being taught. Yep. And then I'm starting to realize the amount of time, like the season is so short and the amount you can actually like, it's not about teaching everybody the exact right thing. It's about getting them what they can digest in a reasonable amount of time and communicate in an effective manner. So in a condensed season with limited, you know, preseason prep and shorter season, I'm finding, I'm challenged to now find ways to simplify things and mm-hmm. hey, what's the, you know, the 20% that's going to get us 80% results type of deal. So right. I think it's a helpful skill, but it's definitely challenging. Do you, uh, did you use zoom at all for like, you know, film or anything like that? Yeah, we did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a 10 day, you know, break for a COVID exposure. And during that time, it was right before our first game. So basically mm-hmm. we would, we missed our two preseason scrimmages and 10 practices and then three days later had our first game. And so we tried to, we did film and and some game plan, but we sh- slowly realized that these are high school kids that yeah. some of them are spending all day in virtual class. Yeah. And so to ask them to hop on Zoom after it, so we did a couple and we were just like, I don't know how much we're really getting out of this. So yeah. 
um, we kind of, we tried to keep it short and cut some back because you're realizing like the bang for our buck was pretty low at that point. That's, that's pretty funny. Cause I know a lot of coaches are coming out with totally weird and really brilliant actually ways of kind of getting around certain things. I know the coach at Calvert Hall has been bringing out like a huge whiteboard onto the field, onto the lacrosse field and doing X's and O's there on the field, which is pretty cool. Um, so it's just cool to hear how people are kind of adapting to that. Um, now kind of speaking still on the topic of like COVID, but kind of bringing it more towards uh, the PLL, we didn't have fans in the stands last year um, for the second championship. Kind of go into that a little bit and, uh, you know, give me your opinions on it. Are you excited to have fans back? What was the difference between, you know, the first championship, which I was at and was an absolute electric atmosphere compared to, you know, the second one? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's different for yeah. sure. And uh, that was a challenge to adapt to that. Um, that was a challenge everybody had to face. So yeah. it all is kind of a level one, but it was weird. You know, the first championship was it was awesome. That was one of the greatest games I played in just from an environment standpoint. Um, and to have a game go into overtime like that and win and the crowd was electric, that was awesome. Yeah. And it's it's a little funny going to the, the next year where you're playing a two and a half week tournament, you're playing in the championship and it's just, you know, they, they did, they put some crowd noise in, which was nice, but oh, the environment okay. just wasn't the same. And, and to be in a championship game where it's kind of just like nobody's around and uh, to feel like it's at such a high level, but the environment not match that was interesting. So it definitely took some, you know, internal motivation from each other yeah. to to continue to like snap guys into it because yeah. you're, you can default too easily. Like the environment doesn't set you into the actual um, value of that game. So I'm looking for, I can't wait to get fans back in, yeah. but it was interesting. And given the circumstances, it was as good as it could have been for us, given that, you know, we couldn't have them. Awesome. Yeah, I was, I was uh, with my wife just making summer plans right now, like looking about, you know, what weekends are we going to go to? And right now I'm thinking uh, Colorado Springs, San Jose for the All-Star game. And then hopefully I'll be in DC for the championship again, but we'll see. <laughs> That'd be sick. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be there too. Yeah. That's, and that's, and that's exactly yeah. what it does I mean. Yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, it's awesome. So, you know, going for like a three peat, that's a lot of pressure. It's, you know, going back to back. It's one of the hardest things to do in sports for a lot of different reasons and not many teams three peat and there's reasons for that. Um, what sort of pressure, you know, do you anticipate going into the season and do you, you know, plan on just taking things game by game, you know, playing whip snakes ball the whole time? I mean, what are you kind of going into the season? Uh, what's your mindset looking like? Yeah, um, I think exactly that. And you're right. Yep. It is challenging and it's yep. not like we're not robots that can just flip a switch and be yeah. like, we're never <laughs> going to think about it. Yeah. But Coach Stagnita does a really nice job of yeah. constantly reiterating, you know, the hardest thing about winning a second championship or third championship is because you start to focus on winning a championship and not yeah. the steps to get there. And we have, a, we have, there's a lot of steps from preseason training to training camp to every single game and how we manage things in between. Um, and quite frankly, every game is going to be extremely difficult. Yeah. And also, honestly, the last two championships we won, we, we won an overtime the first year and we had a big comeback the second year and we won an overtime the semifinal game the second year yeah um, so none of these were easy even though like 
it, it's kind of easy to like say like to be like oh you're, you won two you, you got we had a good draft like you guys didn't lose a ton of guys like that yeah. like it's easier for people to say that but i think for us fortunately we have good leadership and a mature team to know how difficult it is and understand the importance of focusing on the process and not overlooking things so yeah our focus is going to be one step at a time let's focus on that game and, and trusting that if we do those things right um, we should put ourselves in a position to compete for you know a third one um, which is the ultimate goal but yeah. definitely not getting doing our best to stay focused on what's in front of us that's right. And and that's and that's the mindset that I had as a player is just always, you know, one day at a time. Who do we got this week? Okay, what do I need to do today to prepare for that game this week? And then just kind of just keep going uh, throughout the whole season. Um, so number 33. So I uh, I was 33 was my very first lacrosse number in seventh grade. It was my number in college. So what does that number mean to you? And were you always that number? What do you think the significance of like a number in sports means to you? Yeah, that's been an interesting one for me. I I don't doesn't get brought up much really. Um, yeah. And but I have been number thirty three since my sophomore year of high school. Wow. Um, and so I made varsity my sophomore year, and we got to pick jerseys. And I guess, and what I found over the years <laughs> is it's not a very popular number. <laughs> and so, which has been, which has been, I guess, a good thing for me yeah, because yeah. every team I've gone to, I've never had to fight for it. And so I had my my sophomore year, we picked jerseys, and I was one of like four sophomores on the team. And yeah. so we had the last pick, and there was like six jerseys. Eleven thirty three was there. And I grabbed it and it was actually because um, when I was younger, I guess I was in eighth or ninth grade, there was a defender on the varsity team that yeah. was number 33. Oh. And I really liked this game. He ended up going to, to UPenn. Okay. Um, and as like an eighth grade defender watching the team, I was like, you know, I, I like the way that guy plays and that's who I'd watch play. Um, and then um, fortunately, the numbers are not that popular. When he graduated, nobody else took it. So I grabbed it. <laughs> and then I had it all three years in high school. I got to Maryland freshman year. They said like, hey, you guys can ask, you guys can request a number like your freshman. Wow. Like, you may not get it, but like, if you want one, just write it in. If it's available, we'll give it to you. 33 was there, got drafted, you know, to the, the Rattlers after college, 33 was available. Number to the Whip Snakes, 33 was available. <laughs> uh, Georgia Swarm Indoor, 33 was available. So at pretty much aside from I, I haven't played on a like a legitimate team that I haven't been number thirty three on. I played. Were you uh, thirty three for uh, Team USA? That might have been. No, that was the only one I wasn't for indoor. I, I thought I was gonna say if there's been exhibition events and little mm -hmm. thing, and then the indoor world games, I wasn't thirty three for. Um, but. I, I think I was, I can't remember. I think I was 10, yeah. but um, I was, yeah, everything else, I was 33. So it's kind of worked out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny how significant numbers are to people. And, you know, sometimes they, they carry a lot of meaning and then maybe their dad was that number. And then otherwise it's just, you know, I've always been this number, like I need to be this number type of thing. But it's uh, it's kind of funny to hear, you know, other people's opinions on that as well. Yeah, it okay. kind of happened naturally. Just you know, like if I got to Maryland and 33 wasn't available, I would have yeah. been, you know, like, I don't know, 29 or something. Like, I don't know. 
But then, like, would you have carried that over? Like, would you want to, like, request a, new, a 29 in the PLL for the Swarm? Well, I mean, it's funny. They, they, they send out forms every year. The PLL sends out a form and goes, um, pick your, your three pref preferred jersey numbers. Oh. And so I put 33, and I literally have no clue what to put for two and three. And I'm like, because, like, like, well, if you get traded, like, you, somebody else might be 33 or something like that. I was like, I, like... 31 and 32, I guess. Like, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no clue. That's hilarious. Um, so my number in high school was 24 because I was just a huge Kobe fan. I mean, that guy, yeah. like, he was an incredible athlete. He motivated me, like, beyond any other athlete. And when that number wasn't available at college, I remember offering one of our captains who had that number is like, dude, I'll give you $50 right now to switch me jersey numbers. You didn't do it, of course, but um, it, but that kind of brings me to my next point. It's like, who was like kind of your like sports hero like growing up? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, it's, it's, I mean, I liked, I could say Kobe too. Yeah. Like, um, I watched a lot of, so growing up, I was, I loved basketball um, and football more so than lacrosse. I actually didn't, I watched a little bit of lacrosse, but I, I didn't know like all the guys when I was younger. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it wasn't televised to the same extent. And just honestly, my favorite sports, like I loved playing basketball and football. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would say like Kobe was, I would, I remember like constantly watching like NBA or playing, I play like NBA live video games or something, and I'd go on my driveway and just like do anything I saw Kobe try to do anything I saw him do in a game. Um, even though it was a little before my time when he was great, like Michael Jordan was, uh, I mean, I'm saying the cliche guys, but yeah, those guys are so many for a reason because I think what they embody from um, an attitude standpoint towards the game, the compete level, and the impact they've had on their sport and the way you know what they've done for their teams also. Um, consistent at such a high level is so impressive the reason they are so legendary is the way they conduct their business and i remember i used to read like sport like these little sports biographies when i was younger and reading michael jordan's like that you saw in the documentary now i always remember the season where he got like beat up by the pistons and then yeah. put on a bunch of like 15 pounds of muscle in the off season completely changed his diet and all that i was like a 10 year old kid and i was just like <laughs> It's like that just stuck in my head um like and things like that so i i think he was definitely a guy that um i kind of you know was attracted to and inspired by the way he did things at least on the court and athletically yeah my my favorite part about the the last dance jordan doc was uh when it came out that he had sort of like made up like a, a situation in his mind where someone was talking shit to him and yeah. they asked him later like hey did that actually happen he's like nope i made it up and it was just to fire him up even more for that next game and he dropped like 40 something points like that yeah that's incredible for someone to be able to do something like that um it so is it really is so you mentioned that you were playing nba live back in the day did you uh were you a madden guy did you play a lot of madden too i did i played so i don't i haven't played recently and i didn't even play in like college and high school much yeah. but up until like eighth or ninth grade or, or so from yeah. like when i was like i remember i got mad in 2002 for uh for nintendo 64 and it was like dante culpepper and i yep. played with the vikings every game like randy moss and then from that point on probably to like oh eight 
I played every year, like my big Christmas gift was like Madden NBA yeah. Live or and like another right. game. And I, I played those, I played seasons. Like I made up pl players. I, I did fake drafts and like pick my teams. And I tell you in that time period, I knew every depth chart of any NFL team. Wow. And like, because like when you play the games, like you're constantly looking at that stuff. Yeah, like, it's nah, true. I you are. I, I couldn't tell you much, but I did play a lot uh, I, back in the day. I can only tell you just because I play fantasy football and that gets you pretty invested as well. It's kind of like the adult yeah. version, you know? But um, so with that, a lot of the Madden games had pretty like iconic soundtracks. And you know, they had like that list of songs where you're going through the menus and you're hearing them. Do you ever hear, if you ever like hear one of those songs like in public, do you think back to like a Madden game that had that song in that, uh, in that soundtrack? Yeah, there's a couple, I think. Uh... I think there it might have been Madden 05 that Good Charlotte's the anthem was in. Uh, 2003, and I was about was to say this, I was about to say the same thing was, because anytime Good Charlotte comes on, I immediately think of Madden 03. Um, I, okay, I loved 03 as Marshall Falk. I, yep, Marshall Falk. I a, yep. I was a front. I was a front runner. Like 02, I would play with the Vikings. 03, I play with the Rams all the time. Like I just, I loved like I don't know. That's but awesome. yeah, I do remember. I think there was that, and there was a there's like another one. I think there was like a Fallout Boy, like Dance Dance, was like on like 06 or 07. Oh yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why those songs stuck in my head, but like, those are two of them that like, I just yeah. Dude, it's I'm because sure when we were growing up, like that's like the kind of music that people listen to, I guess you know. Yeah, and also the amount yeah. of time you play. You heard that song every day for three yeah. hours. So like, <laughs> that too yeah anytime you're in the menu all that time spent you know yeah, looking at yeah. looking at the draft and you know creating yeah, your team in, the all back, that. in the background That's just right. going it, it's it's crazy that so sports in video games is something that um i want to see at some point for the pll i think that would be a way for them to reach such a larger audience because i know especially kids especially kids these days Dude, they grow up playing video games. If we can, you know, somehow get, you know, a quality lacrosse game that'll just bring in like a casual fan. Cause like when I was growing up, dude, I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater all the time. So oh, it's yeah. an awesome, it awesome game. Dude, yeah. I can't skateboard for shit. And I loved that game, but it got me some like somewhat interested in it. And, um, you know, I got a lot of those games and um, some of my friends ended up being skateboarders, but I just I think I can see a similar thing for lacrosse um, if they if the PLL were to partner with like, you know, Electronic Arts or one of these other game developers, what would your ideal PLL lacrosse game look like? That's a good question. Um, and, and yeah, I was thinking the same thing because I played the Tony Hawk games and I, yeah. I tried to, I got into skateboarding for a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I played the Tiger yeah. Woods games and when I was younger because those were so much fun. And I even yeah, tried, they I were. got into golf a little. Yep. Um, you know, I think like, I think it would it would have to look like NHL a little yeah. bit. Yep. Um, I think that's probably, you know, a FIFA and NHL comparison. I think is good bigger field like fifa but you know your hand you got the small ball tight space play like yep. nhl so i i think it would be uh, you know a combo of probably those two I, I would think yeah you know um 
probably got you use like joysticks somehow to like do like a face dodge or like a split dodge or something and yeah pass it forward with a or throw back when you pull the right stick or something i don't know but yeah i think i think in like a game a game like that because it's a high speed game with a lot of options but on a bigger field and i think it'd be a pretty cool game and people love nhl and fifa like those are two very popular games so okay so in the theoretical pll video game what's the whip snakes overall rating out of 100. It would be like 94, 95. 94, 95. Solid. Still room I mean, for growth, but I mean, still got to be mean, the I'm trying best to think. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I, and I'm just saying, like, objectively, like, coming yeah. off, you know, I would say that, like, if, if you're asking me realistically after these drafts and stuff, looking at the league, like, every team is so, every team could be like 90 I know. something. I know. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, th I think we're like, you know, low to mid nineties, talented, yeah. a lot of talent there, veterans, um, definitely room for growth and improvement, but I, I think you have to give us at least, you know, low nineties. Definitely. Um, and with, with games like FIFA and I'm not a huge FIFA guy, but I have friends that are, and with. With FIFA, you can like pull players from like a lot of different leagues and teams. But if you have more of the same players, for, like from you know a league, you get like chemistry bonuses and other things like that. Um, with the Whip Snakes having like how many guys do you have for thirteen guys from Maryland or something like that? It's it's diminishing over time as we yeah. get like new draft pick. But okay. you know, realistically, it's probably eight to ten of like yeah. maybe ten of like you know the fifth like the 15 that were protected and left over from mm -hmm. last year and that yeah so we probably have over 50 percent how much does that play a role in your guys's chemistry on the field a lot yeah um yeah i i think and you know fortunately like the guys we've had come in not from maryland um have studs. been <laughs> studs and, yeah. and not even studs just studs, but like great teammates and yeah and adaptable and you know are smart lacrosse players um and, and none of them have made it about themselves which is a big kind of thing for our team this isn't because it just doesn't work if you yeah. do um but the chemistry piece is massive like i mean for us defensively like us all having similar understanding the game having played together before trusting each other enough to like you know know like to to follow through with the game plan we said and understand what each other are talking about and under kind of just having a feel for what the other guy's going to do like it, it's really hard to just piece that together randomly um i would i would think so i mean i had um coach murphy on the podcast last week and he was talking to me about how he reinforces with his high school guys you know the we is greater than the me you know emphasizing team ball and just watching you guys on tv um and you know on the field you guys' chemistry shows you guys are never afraid to hit that one more pass to get a you know to get a dunk um how much how much of that is kind of bled through to your guys's like identity as a team i think a lot um yeah i think so and honestly like it it it, it has a lot and i think we have a lot of i think we have a lot of really competitive guys that really like each other and like playing with each other and understand that like we our goal is to win as a team um and then to see that embodied through like we have superstars on our team like matt rambo is a superstar like yeah. michael Earhart's a superstar joe nardella kyle like 
and to see Matt Rambo out there, like not only speak about team ball, but put into practice and, and really like he does one of, one of Matt's greatest attributes that I think separates him from other really good attacking players is he can make plays when needed, but he also is willing to throw the one more in half a second when it's there. You know, right. not some guys get caught with the ball in their stick because they always want to make a play. Like, and having the ability and the wherewithal to do that um, yeah. not only makes our offense better, but it sends a message to our team that, like, these are guys that, like, he could, you know, have all the points, we'll get all the accolades, but on top of that, choose to make it about the team and not themselves. And so that that's really strong for team culture. Definitely. And then I can definitely see that, you know, you're definitely bought into that. Um, I watched a ECD video from a while ago. You hit 104 miles an hour on your shot. And I don't see you shooting a lot in the games. What's up with that? I know you got a can, you know, dude. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. It just, it had like, it just hasn't like, I haven't needed to. Um, yeah. And it, I was thinking of talking to somebody about that because the year before, <laughs> 28 or the 2018, the last year in the MLL, yeah. the way our team played, like I would shoot like once a game probably. And wow. I'd, like, I had my first two and I had a couple a couple goals. And then I, I've taken one shot in the last two years with the Whip Snakes. And I think it's partially because the way our team operates is like, we have Michael Earhart running the field. And, yeah, true. And we have our attack is, is so good that like, a, if it's between me and Mike running the field, Mike go run the field. Like he's yeah. so good at it. And um, if I get down there, it's kind of like, well, unless I have the easy shot, like I'm gonna get the ball to Matt Rambo and and Zed and like Jay and those guys, and I'll let them do their thing. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough to uh, to say that when you know you do have such you know prominent guys in transition, like you know Mike Earhart and Bernhard and, uh, yeah. and Shannon Chuck hitting twos. I mean, yeah. If you if you throw in your 104 mile per hour shot, I mean, we're pretty dangerous from the. Uh, I think it's the new bomb squad, right? Um, yeah. You know, they made know. a big That's deal Ch- about Ch- that Ch- season one. Chani, <laughs> Ch- yeah, Channy and Earhart did. They, I mean, they were letting them fly, and those guys can shoot the ball, and they're great players too. So yeah, exactly. Well, I'll let those guys do their thing. If the opportunity presents itself, then maybe I'll let it fly. What What do you do ahead of your games to sort of you know, get ready? Like, do you listen to a lot of pump up music? Do you try to calm yourself down? Um, what do you, what do you, what's your pregame meal? Like, what's that look like in your preparation? Yeah, um, I don't, I, I, I don't really do a lot of like headphones, pump up music. I'm kind of like, I like to be more open in the locker room. Um, so like whatever music's going on, I like to, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I am um, like I do get a little like quiet and thoughtful and I, I try to like I'll watch a ton of a ton of film leading up to it and um, maybe like the day of the game I'll, or even in the locker room I just I like to the fortunate thing about at our level is like all the guys we cover have highlight videos out so I go yeah. and I, I always watch even the guys I've covered like a bunch of times watch their how they score goals and the talk game like talk game plan and reminders with other D guys and other than that just get loose and and try to get the right mindset to think about like what our game plan is how we're going to execute it what might happen out there and kind of more just visualizing that that aspect so what what does scouting um other pll teams look like with everyone being like so ridiculously talented 
with especially this year coming up how do you foresee that going with you know the entry of all these mll talents um you know that this stack senior class for this past college draft i mean how does how do how do you guys see uh foresee you guys scouting other teams this season yeah yeah no it's a really good question and it's definitely different at this level based yeah. on the town on the field and just the style of pro lacrosse mm -hmm. um but it's really like you know you figure out what makes an offense tick um and like what what happens like when this like how do they score their goals like is it do they initiate with the midfield do they initiate with the attack more do they pick from the wing like okay they do that like if they if we can make them score goals in ways they don't want to then we'll have that's our game plan um so like we don't want to let team we figure out what teams like to do and who their guys are that do it well and we try to make other guys do it um and then beat us in uncomfortable ways so it's not like you know it's not like this picture perfect thing but it's just like hey when you know when tom shriver is the ball dodging out his alley well he's looking for will manny popping off the backside there let's not get beat on that one yeah. um like if he's gonna you know throw one more through x and we're gonna get dodged there that's okay like they don't they don't do that you know things like that um yeah so you figure out like every, and every team has the guy and, and you got to realize with all this talent there's still only one ball and offenses get comfortable doing certain things and so asking an offense to initiate with a guy they don't want to or mm -hmm. throw it to an awful guy they don't like throwing it to like now you're kind of if they can do it then they're a good offense and deserve to score goals but just that kind of mindset i guess gotcha so with your guys's season being you know you're traveling from city to city um how many practices are you guys able to get in before games usually one usually friday okay. night yeah, usually Friday night, but we'll link up. Occasionally, we'll like I think in May we'll start getting some like preseason zooms, like once a week, and like getting the defense together, talking through some, you know, what we're what we're trying to focus on this year and and things like that. And um, and I think in season we might occasion. I can't remember because the bubble was different last. I don't think we did a lot of zooms in between, but a coach Murph would send out like you know a scouting report and some film clips, and we would you know go through them and, and the good thing about our team is we have a lot of guys that you know are either coaches or just yeah. are really into the game so like our whole defense watches film on their own and like yeah. we'll come the coach Murphy will put together a game plan but any one of these guys could put together the game plan you know um and this is the kind of group we have so it, that allows those gaps from you know sunday to the next friday to be filled with like coming very prepared for what we're getting into god oh, that's that's awesome um now during the during the season and even outside of season you stay pretty busy with lacrosse um you got you're putting out amazing content with first class lacrosse defense how do you get connected with deemer with that um so we actually went to high school together and I no way okay up. yeah yeah so um we're the same year in high school and have honestly known each other since we were you know 10 or so yeah um but then after you know after college i started working in um consulting in the baltimore annapolis area and for three years and deemer actually went to wall street for a year um and then he he was like struggling to balance across and that and really yeah. you know decided he wanted wasn't ready to give up across so he started his training business and then about a year and a half ago, um, I was kind of hitting a similar crossroads 
and we were talking about and we were trying to do some stuff together anyways but i had a lot of time free up and so decided to join up with him and try to build out the defensive side of uh his first class training that's awesome how's that been going for you it's been good it's been fun um you know it's it's, it's like anything it's challenging um but it's been fun to a you know covid's been interesting in that regard too but it's been fun we've been able to travel around and and you know train different kids in different areas and run different group training sessions the online stuff's been a ton of fun but also very yeah. challenging it's yeah. it's um it's i love it because i i love watching i love lacrosse so i love yeah. <laughs> watching i watch games and i take clips and i try to break them down and make them like how can i make this digestible for people to understand um, i've actually been working on ones so i've for like it's been killing me but i'm trying to get used to like the adobe premiere editing stuff which is not yeah. good at but yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to get i'm trying to get good at it which has been a fun skill um but yeah it's been good i really enjoy doing it um and it's just it's like it's, it's a startup it's a business so how can you make stuff that people find valuable and how do you you know how do you give people something they want or need um so we're trying to figure out the best way to do that but it's been fun doing it it's been fun doing it with Deemer and the other guys he's got on board you know they're smart they, i think yeah. they look at the game of lacrosse the right way they care so much about the game and the and the and the players that are involved that it's just like it's refreshing doing it through that lens and it's, it's fun yeah. to do that awesome um all right well let's uh Let's wrap this up with one thing non-lacrosse uh, non related that you want the fans to know about. Non-lacrosse related. Yeah. Like what's one thing yeah. about you non-lacrosse related at all that you'd like the other uh, Whips fans to know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, uh, um, that's a good question. I, I, a lot of what I do is lacrosse related, <laughs> but I will say um, in college I picked up I picked up uh, the guitar, and so okay. I, you know, I've been playing that for a couple of years. Not very, not insanely well, but that's kind of my, you know, for my whole life it was like school and sports, and I never really had another like hobbies and social yeah. life, I guess. Uh, and so <laughs> I've done that, and that's been a fun, like, different change of pace hobby for me, aside from like business focus, lacrosse focus, and then that's my my kind of thing, and I, I love doing that. So for me, like finding things like that to broaden my, um, you know, hobbies and, and mindset have been great. Okay. So if you bring the guitar to training camp, um, who's your lead singer? Okay. <laughs> On the whips. I yeah. don't, yeah, that's it. I, I, he's got to have a good voice. I'm trying to yeah. think of who, you know, I think I'm going to go with, um, thinking through position right now. Yeah. I might go, I, I probably would have gone Brett Schmidt last year, but he retired. I feel like he, I feel like he would have been, a, I feel like Brett, you know, from the energy he would bring. And yeah. I, I think he has the vocals to back it up. I, I would go Brett Schmidt. So well, bring Schmidt back. back, bring Schmidt yeah. back, have we him bring, sing some numbers for bring, you. Yeah. Bring him back. I think he's, he's my guy. Okay. Perfect. Well, Matt, thank you so much um, for coming on. Um, where can people find you on socials? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, on Instagram at Matt underscore done 33 and also at FCL defense is kind of our page where I'll be pumping out most of our lacrosse related content. Uh, Twitter at FCL defense and at I'm done tweeting for my personal account. So those are uh, those are my main social pages right now. Boom. There you have it. Best Twitter handle on the whips. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> thanks again, Matt. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks. If you made it here to the end of the video, go ahead and comment down below your favorite part of the interview. And thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please go hit that like button for the YouTube algorithm and subscribe for more Whipsnakes content.